The show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And a good Wednesday afternoon to you, Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And a beautiful Wednesday afternoon it is. Back in kind of that uh, springtime feel, a little, little chill in the air not too much just a beautiful day here in the central valley and we thank you so much for making our day by being part of the mike douglas show here from 3 to 5 p.m monday through friday uh, just a quick note and we'll uh, amplify on this on our second hour today tomorrow very exciting thing we're going to be broadcasting live from the American Veterans First Headquarters in Riverbank from 3 to 5 p.m. We're going to do the whole show from there. And uh, along the way, we'll be talking uh, with Josh Whitfield, of course, our election specialist and political analyst, also a leader that American Veterans First, uh, that organization has uh, been sending Josh and others to Ukraine. There, They've been doing humanitarian efforts, everything from uh, providing needed supplies and food to rescuing uh, women and children as well. So we're going to look forward to seeing Josh tomorrow. And a little bit later on today in our second hour, Duke Cooper, the CEO and founder of American Veterans First, will be with us as well. We'll talk to him about tomorrow. By the way, if, if, if you can make it, We would love for you to drop by and support this wonderful organization. Again, we'll be there 3 to 5 p.m. tomorrow. Address 6436 Oakdale Road in Riverbank. If you're familiar with the area, you go north on uh, Oakdale Road, just past Patterson. Go past the uh, Union 76 service station there, and it's uh, the next driveway uh, beyond that uh, where American Veterans First is located. So looking forward to that tomorrow. Today, of course, big headline. need to talk about this very briefly. The suspect in the Brooklyn subway shooting, Frank James, was arrested today in New York's East Village neighborhood. Uh, As you recall, he shot, uh, is alleged to have shot, 10 people at a Brooklyn subway station yesterday. They said he put on a gas mask, deployed a gas canister, began shooting, and they say he fired at least 33 times. There was an intensive manhunt uh, for Frank James, but he has been arrested. One of the keys, I guess, no pun intended, was uh, a U-Haul van that was recovered in Brooklyn that he uh, apparently uh, rented, and keys were found at the scene. Uh, so far, uh, Mr. James has been charged with violating a law that prohibits terrorist and other violent attacks against a mass transportation system, according to the U.S. attorney. That's very interesting to me. Why is that interesting to you, Mike? Let me ask the question of myself. That's because, as I recall yesterday, the police commissioner of NYPD pointed out that this was not being investigated as a terrorist event. It is always interesting to me how quickly officials jump on this is not what it is when the investigation has barely begun. So again, he's being charged with violating a law that prohibits terrorist 
and other violent attacks against a mass transportation system. Well, let's go back to tomorrow just just to check me on this. Here's NYPD commissioner uh, who is uh, talking about this particular incident. NYPD commissioner Keechant Sewell. Let's listen to what she said. We're here to update New Yorkers about an active shooting incident that took place this morning inside the 36th Street subway station on the N line. I want to begin by assuring the public that there are currently no known explosive devices on our subway trains, and this is not being investigated as an act of terrorism at this time. All right, I guess the qualification at this time, but it would seem to me that, and then this happens often, uh, it would seem to me that public officials by now ought to learn maybe we ought not to plant that seed until we know the facts. So anyway, good deal. Uh, congratulations, NYPD, FBI, all those involved in the investigation. Glad the man has been arrested. And uh, it'll be interesting to see as well his pedigree. I'm sure this isn't the first time that uh, he's been in trouble with the law, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that transpires. For those of you who love to travel, here's, uh, here's another happy note. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Prevention has extended the mask mandate for public transportation to May 3rd. And here we thought April 18, we'd finally be able to throw away the mask, at least as far as airplanes and public transportation uh, transportation systems go. Nope, not so fast, says the CDC. Nope, we're going to have to put up with it at least until May 3rd, according to uh, what we understand here. And uh, they say this move reflects growing concern about the highly contagious Omicron subvariant BA2. How long do you think this will go on? Forever? Extension after extension after extension? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. A lot of noise. You know, it's the old, every time, remember the Charlie Brown things when adults were speaking, they'd use a, a trombone with, with a mute, whoop, 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 whoop. You know, this is what it is. Come on. Seriously, are we not at the point when we recognize that even pilots are saying it? We, we have filtered air there. There's very low risk on an airplane. I don't care if people choose to wear masks not the point the point being that uh, i think it's absolutely ridiculous at this point to demand that masks still be worn on public transportation and uh, especially airplanes but that's that's the deci- are, are you going anywhere public transportation wise in the near future are you taking a flight perhaps and maybe you were thinking whoa this would be wonderful by the time that, that we have our flight scheduled, we won't have to wear masks. Are you disappointed? 209-551-3483, our number here, 209-551-3483. Or do you think that they need to keep this in place? Do you think the danger is such that they need to keep the mask mandate in place? 209-551-3483. Well, in line with talking about public transportation and and such, here's an interesting note. This is uh, somewhat worrisome, actually. 
Apparently, the union that represents pilots at Southwest Airlines, they say the rising rates of fatigue among pilots is a threat to the airline's safety. Oh, that's that's not good news, is it? Apparently, uh, they sent a letter to top Southwest executives, and they released it yesterday. The union says it's seen a sharp rise in pilot reports of fatigue since last summer as the airline has ramped its schedule up in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. They say, let's see, the union says here, fatigue, both acute and cumulative, has become Southwest Airlines' number one safety threat. How does that make you feel? Are you planning a, a, a trip on Southwest? By the way, I don't mind Southwest Airlines. you planning a trip? in the near future. Some people don't like what they call the cattle call. I don't mind that really. I, uh, I wait there to, to get my number, you know, your a B or C do they have D's maybe anyway? Uh, I, I sit there with my iPhone and I'm at the ready. So exactly 24 hours to the second, before that Southwest Airlines flight, I hit the 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 book it uh, the login button, and uh, and that gives you a, you get assigned a number like A thirty one or B thirty two, and that uh, that tells you which uh, which part of the line you're in uh, in order to board the plane and get your seat. Don't mind doing that. So I don't mind that about Southwest Airlines. We've flown Southwest Airlines a lot. I'm not real encouraged by this. Um, and by and you know you can pay extra. I don't. I'm not doing a commercial here for Southwest. I'm just giving you some experiential stuff here. Uh, you you can pay extra, of course. I think it's called an early bird thing, and it automatically enter. It automatically uh, uh, books you. It automatically logs you in, and uh, but I, you know, I, I try to be as frugal as possible. So I literally, by the way, do not do it like a second before, because it will kick you out because you're not doing it right on time, and you have to wait another uh, couple of seconds, maybe a minute, before you can get back in, and and hit the little uh, hit the little deal there to uh, to book. And so I, um, I have learned to actually wait maybe two or three seconds, then hit the button, and I've always gotten a pretty good number uh, working it uh, that way. So there you go. That's the uh, Mike Douglas tip of the day uh, in terms of getting a, a good number with Southwest Airlines. Uh, but, but I am concerned about this fatigue issue. Now, Southwest... Uh, says that it's seen a significant and steady decline decline in pilot fatigue calls since they revised its schedule last November. And so I I don't know. I, I'm of course it's the union and the union always has a spin and of course management always has a spin as well. Uh, the union says uh, nothing, little's been done to address its fatigue concerns. Uh, it's quoted as saying this dramatic increase in safety reports is a direct result of operational mismanagement by the company. So there you go. We'll see how that, uh, 
how that uh, comes out. I a little worried if indeed Southwest Airlines pilots are indeed fatigued. We don't we don't want mistakes, do we, in the cockpit there? So we'll keep an eye on that though. Uh, see how that uh, develops uh, over time. Uh, before we uh, take a, a few minutes here, did you hear about the self-driving car in San Francisco that got pulled over by San Francisco PD? Yeah, this is a, it was a Chevy Bolt, and uh, it was part of a, a company there that uh, offers uh, rides uh, in a driverless vehicle. So apparently, and I watched the little Instagram video, uh, the driverless car is, is tooling down the road there in San Fran. I, I believe it had its lights off and should have had its lights on. Anyway, so San Francisco PD pulls it over and you watch the car pull. Apparently the car knows the, the AI in the car knows it's being pulled over by the police. So it, it comes to a stop. The cop gets out. He goes... <laughs> He looks in the window, doesn't see a driver. And you can tell he's a little bit baffled by this. Walks around the car a little bit, walks back to his car, and the driverless car takes off. Not fast, but <laughs> what it does is it, it moves out of that position to uh, just beyond the next intersection where it stops and puts its flashers on. So it wasn't like it was trying to get away. It was just relocating. Apparently, it thought there was a safer place uh, to do this. It was a, a Chevy Bolt self-driving. And I, this is a very interesting. I don't know, those of you in law enforcement, have you ever pulled over a driverless car? Probably not if you're not in San Francisco. But this is an interesting thing for the future. How uh, do, do driverless cars have to pass attitude tests uh, when they get pulled over? I don't know. We'll continue the conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show in three minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on this fine Wednesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. Again, we're your headquarters for live and local conversations about the issues of the day that affect you and me. Right here, again, in the Central Valley of California. Thank you for being part of the mix. So much appreciate your thoughts uh, over the over the past uh, two years or so. And uh, we're, we're just very thankful for you, our audience, and, and the way that you reasonably and rationally and respectfully articulate your opinions. It's, it's, it's a great way for us to work through these issues that, that we need to keep in front of us and uh, to be able to uh, discuss various perspectives. And again, I thank you for being part of that here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We talked a, a few moments ago about uh, the uh, gentleman using that word very uh, carefully uh, who has been arrested in New York City for the shooting on the um, Brooklyn uh, subway. 
here's uh, here here's another, and we always think about what what are the why are we seeing so much violence these days, and that can take uh, another three hours to work through. But here's another element to that, and uh, that is uh, a lot of folks in Sacramento are upset about the California being prone to releasing uh, prison uh, inmates uh, early. And they want to change that early release uh, prison rule. In fact, California Republicans are saying to Governor Gavin Newsom, they want him to make it harder for inmates to serve these shorter sentences for good behavior. And this uh, this comment, and this is main, <clears throat> this is made by Assembly Leader James Gallagher. Uh, this comes after Sacramento's gang-related mass shooting that left uh, six people dead. Uh, Gallagher says uh, the problem is not gun laws. And, of course, this is something that, that we've been saying here on the Mike Douglas Show for a long time. The problem isn't gun laws nor the guns themselves. We have over 100 gun laws in California. The problem is not gun laws. You know, we have all kinds of gun laws. The problem is crime and criminals who don't follow the law in the first place and who are on our streets, released early from prison when they should, they should still be there. It's very interesting to me as uh, I, I don't know about you if you've been watching some of the reactions to the pushback on these early release rules and early uh, release initiatives. Uh, the, the pushback is that, well, it's, he, he wasn't released early. It was, it was according to the law. No, you see, this is the point. This is the point. We don't like the rules. We don't like the, the laws as, as, they're, as they are now about early release. We don't like that because people are being released early and committing violent crimes. And so when we hear that spin that, well, it was it was it was a legal release. Well, we know it was a legal release. We want the law changed. We want the rules changed so that these uh, especially these people with a violent history aren't out early. We, we don't want them serving three point five years of a 10 year sentence. We want them to serve as much of that 10 year sentence as possible. And, and we see the, the horrible, violent effects of many of these early releases. Again, going back to Assembly uh, Republican leader James Gallagher, uh, he's saying the mass shooting in Sacramento might have been avoided had we not had these rules in a place. One of the shooting suspects here uh, who was supposed to do 10 years and only did four years and was back out on the streets. Certainly, you know, if 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 this person had not been released early, this shooting could have been avoided. The person would not be on the street. And so I I I, I think we have to be careful when we're talking about this, when we're making our cases that that we not be uh, overcome by the spin. And, and so that's, that's why I want to bring this up, that we need, to, uh, we need to see through the smoke and mirrors of the pushback about uh, getting rid of, of some of these uh, laws and rules that uh, let people out of um, prison early. And uh, in not, not tomorrow, probably, because we're going to spend our time with uh, American veterans first. But later on in the week, uh, perhaps on Friday, 
want to talk about this DA organization that is committed to this type of protocol to let people out early for good behaviors and such. And uh, I want to dig deeply into that because I want to identify the DAs that are identified with that particular movement. Why? Because elections come up from time to time, one of them coming up in November 2022. And we need to remember who, who the DAs are that are backing this, who the politicians are that are backing these things. And so we'll spend some time with that probably uh, coming up this week on Friday. Coming up in a couple of minutes, want to talk to you about Santa Monica. Did you uh, Have you read about that? Postal deliveries in Santa Monica were halted for a neighborhood because of an attacks. Yeah, we'll talk about that and some reactions from people who saw it coming up in five minutes on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation midweek in... uh, and putting my pastor hat on in uh, midweek of Holy Week as we head to Monday, Thursday, tomorrow, Good Friday, Friday, and then, of course, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday on, uh, on this coming Sunday. By the way, those of you who have a tradition of attending Easter sunrise services, uh, I'll, I've got the privilege of being able to share the message at 6 a.m., <laughs> Six, uh, you know, and I'm I'm physically up at six a.m. Cognitively is always suspect for me, but with a good dose of coffee, I guess I'll be okay. Uh, have the privilege of being able to share the the message at the Easter sunrise service at Lakewood Memorial Park uh, in Houston this coming Sunday. Gates open at six. And we got underway at 6.30. If you do have a tradition of attending Easter Sunrise Services, would love to see you there. And uh, if you are there, please come up and say hi. would uh, love to, uh, to meet you personally there. Uh, a little <clears throat> addition, a footnote to the earlier story about Southwest Airline Pilots Union saying that they're seeing rising rates of fatigue amongst pilots just to make sure that we're not just picking On Southwest Airlines, uh, the story also notes that pilots at other carriers, including Delta, Alaska, and American Airlines, they've made similar complaints about exhausting and unstable schedules and excessive levels of overtime, uh, but apparently uh, have not been as as vocal as the Southwest Airlines uh, pilots. So there you go. And again, just a reminder, if you thought you were going to fly uh, mid-next week or beyond and been able to throw away the mask on the airplane. Nope, 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 nope. CDC says, sorry, we're extending the mask mandate on public transportation to May 3rd. So there we go. As we've been talking about uh, violence in our society and uh, we're, we've heard a lot from legislators and others about their angst over early release rules and programs that uh, release 
inmates early who then commit crimes again, uh, some of them violent. Well, did you hear this story about uh, a violent issue in Santa Monica in Southern California? The U.S. Postal Service, and I don't know if this has been done before or not, but the U.S. Postal Service actually halted the delivery of mail in a neighborhood in Santa Monica because a guy down there was attacking the postal carriers in the same neighborhood. And here's uh, here's a witness to one of those attacks. Oh, I witnessed the guy threatening him down the street. He chased him out on the street. He had a stick, and he was ranting and raving about mail. And then he kicked off uh, some of the guy's mail off his, his dolly. Ranting and raving about mail. Well, yeah, I think we've all had our angsts about mail, but we don't take a stick and, and beat the delivery people because of that. So that they apparently they've identified the guy. He's 38 years old. His name is Devon Morgan. And he's uh, the reason why the U.S. Postal Service has, as far as I know, indefinitely suspended mail delivery in that area. Apparently, uh, Morgan walks around oftentimes acting incoherent and angry, holding a wooden golf club over his back. Now, apparently, he's been arrested several times. There we go. But is often quickly released from jail. <laughs> you see, this this is it. Our world ought not to revolve around the perpetrator of violent crimes. The we have a rule of law, and and we ought to be abiding by the rule of law. Why is this guy being released so often and allowed to go and, and victimize? Mail carriers, for goodness sakes. And business owners in the area say he's also uh, been harassing their uh, employees as well. Here's another witness uh, to this 38-year-old guy named Devon Morgan. I saw him screaming and yelling and threatening him to the point where the guy got so scared he had to run off and leave. This is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Why would the U.S. Postal Service have to stop mail service because of this? And and he sounds like he's may be mentally ill. I don't know. On drugs, hard to say. But he's been arrested many times, and then he's quickly released. The report says. See this. This is. This is what's sticking in the craw of many of us, is that we have a rule of law. Why don't we enforce it? And when DAs, select DAs up and down the state, appear to have more compassion for the perpetrator than the victim, things are upside down, my friends. You say, well, how do we solve that? How do we push back? Well, one of the pushbacks is at the ballot box. And we've got an election coming up in November 2022. Now, here in Stanislaus County, uh, where our clandestine studios reside, uh, I believe it's a no contest for the gentleman that's running for DA. Yeah, he's not uh, has no opposition, and he will take Birgit Flatiger's place. Birgit has served some 31 years uh, with the uh, DA's office uh, in uh, in that law enforcement position. Also, I believe a Navy veteran as well. 
So the point being, though, in many areas, there <clears throat> there may be contests for DA. And uh, we look at DAs like George Gascon in Los Angeles County. We look at uh, Chase Bodine in uh, San Francisco. And we wonder, why were these people elected in the first place? Did 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 no one know their, their background? Did no one listen to them in their campaign speeches? So, my friends, uh, we, we need to keep our ear to the ground. We need to watch. We need to research. We need to check out the backgrounds, the statements, the history of, uh, of these people that we're electing, especially to uh, sheriffs and uh, DAs as well. Two critical positions, no matter uh, what county you happen to be in. So why do you think? Why do you think we're seeing so much violence today? What What's your theory? 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. One of my main issues is the intentional destruction of the family. It's not an accidental thing. It's intentional. You, you look at the way uh, even our tax laws are formed... Uh, you look at the media and entertainment industry's attack upon fathers. I was talking to a jail chaplain today, and he was saying that in his world, he says about 70% of the inmates uh, that, that he deals with had no fathers growing up. And uh, they, of course, aren't there to father their children because they're in jail. And so it's time for us to say to Hollywood, stop it. Stop making fun of fathers. Stop, stop denying that wholesome families, the strong family unit, is not a good thing. It is a good thing. It's the backbone of our society. A great preacher by the name of Tony Evans often makes the case in many of his uh, many of his speaking engagements that you have strong families in the home and that builds strong neighborhoods and strong neighborhoods uh, build strong cities which build strong counties which build strong states which build strong countries and it's true and we need to start standing firm and pushing back on the attack on families and the attack on fathers, don't you think? 209-551-3483. And this whole, this whole idea of early releases for the sake of giving the perpetrators more compassion than the victims is totally upside down, I believe, at least in my understanding of God's economy. Let's see what you think, 209-551-3483, and uh, let's uh, see what Jorge thinks from Ceres. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Okay, thank you. Uh, first of all, let's talk about Gascon. You mentioned him. Gascon is a jellyfish. I, who, who, they elected him. They got him. He, but he, he's a jellyfish. Uh, he has no backbone whatsoever to uh, take on what the job that he has. As far as here in Ceres, Modesto area, oh, my God, it actually worse. Okay? It was worse. Come on, guys. If, if somebody says 18 years, sorry, 
no bones head about no good behavior. Good behavior doesn't mean anything. Okay, good behavior means right now, but when we let you go, you're not going to be in good behavior. Good behavior should mean when we let you out and you don't commit in a crime. We let you out in 10 years and you don't commit a crime in, in eight years, then we'll leave you alone. But if you commit a crime, guess what? You're going to come and do the rest of the eight years plus probably another 10 years that you should have gotten for the second crime that you did. Come on. Even, I mean, I'm, I'm a high school individual, serious high school, but come on. This nonsense of early release, what the hell's early release? Just because you were nice and then you come out and we let you do another crime and, oh, we got to prosecute you again. No, you're going to come back in while we prosecute you and you're going to suffer for another 20, 30 years. As a matter of fact, I think they ought to get the father or the mother in there and say, hey, you were a bad mother, and now you got to suffer too because you released this monster on our society and that we don't want, so you should have been a better mother, and now we're going to teach you how to be a mother, better mother in jail with this animal. That's my piece. Yeah, Jorge, I, I got your passion there. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate that. Uh, Jorge, very passionate about saying, no, this early release business is uh, is counterproductive at the very least. I think the other thing, uh, Jorge, and, and very much appreciate your call and your passion as well, I think the other issue is that, that uh, it doesn't take long for inmates to figure out how they can uh, work the system. I, if I do this... I can get out early. And uh, and then what what may happen is they get released and uh, if they're going back, if they're going back to their old neighborhood, which many wind up in, they go back to their old uh, lifestyle as well. We'll continue this conversation in 3 minutes here on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend, it's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about early release rules and policies, asking what you think, 209-551-3483. Let's find out what Larry from Hayward thinks. Larry, welcome to the show. What do you think? Uh, three points and an example with each one. The first one acceptance gives permission like in school children know who's trying to peddle drugs they say nothing and that gives acceptance so that people will peddle drugs and they got to get the point across no you got to quit accepting bad behavior secondly uh if you go to jail for something the judge makes a decision or ruling with guidelines that says okay six years we should not change that you go for six years and you you get out for good behavior, you get out in six years. If you have bad behavior, you end up staying longer. And third, they got to have a thing where you you got to go back and sue the actual individuals. And I know politicians are kind of protected, but if you would at least get them in the limelight, of, uh, I've mentioned this before to you about parole boards and things like that. What is their success rate 
of out of 100 people they parole, if 80 percent of them are coming back, that's not a very good success rate. And they should be sued individually for not doing their jobs correctly. A corporation would have to suffer that way if they had products that were, you know, dangerous to the people and turning them loose. So those are my three points, acceptance, definite time, and sue individuals. And it would work, but you got to do it. Larry, well laid out. Thanks for the call so much. Appreciate that. And, and Larry, I think the, uh, uh, the other aspect of this is the lack of accountability for our public officials. I like your three points. Uh, I like your, your ideas about how to hold them accountable. Uh, maybe we need to look at that. Of course, it would probably take public officials to get it into law, right? Uh, but uh, good observations, Larry. Thanks for, uh, thanks for your call. We've also been talking about our ability to affect all of this by going to the ballot box and making our voices known through the ballot box. So uh, let's go now to um, Modesto. Bob has a comment about upcoming elections. Uh, Bob, what are your thoughts? Hey, good afternoon. Um, I got several thoughts. Number one, you were talking about the family and all that stuff. And years ago, Paul Harvey had a thing, a narrative that he said uh, the title was, If I Was the Devil. And part of that was he would destroy the family. And, uh, and, and by doing that, we're seeing what's happening. I mean, we're living it. Number two, uh, with regard to the prison stuff, I listened to another talk show today, and they were talking about um, a fellow was at a tropical uh, vacation spot and uh, decided he was going to try to uh, take some money home for the, or, or some product home to sell for the, at the, in the EU for money. And the prison in this beautiful tropical place was absolutely horrid. And uh, I think the part of the problem is is, is all the, the warm and fuzzy, you know, like the last caller said, you know, six years is six years. Um, and, and But as a society, you know, we're accepting too much and, 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 and uh, allowing too much stuff to go through. There's no, as you said, there's no accountability. You know, Hunter Biden's laptop and the FBI and all that garbage. There's no accountability anywhere. There's none. And lastly, I'd like to point out that I heard a uh, commercial that George Radonovich is throwing his hat back in the ring. And, um, you know, I, I don't I don't remember a lot, but I do remember there was a few things that he was a uh, he was uh, pretty much for the people. And so uh, I encourage everybody that uh, George Radonovich is a conservative mind and he would be much better than uh, a Democratic mind. So I appreciate the airtime, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, George, also, if you got any. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. And in fact, Bob, for those of you uh, who are listening uh, to the show live, uh, just a few moments ago, there was a, a campaign spot campaign commercial for George Radonovich. Radonovich. Uh, so, Bob, that is uh, a timely call uh, that you made. Uh, in answer to your question, I, I remember uh, Radonovich, and you always have, uh, have hope. Uh, but even for someone that has a, a record of having conservative values, voting in conservative ways, I still, and this, this comes to accountability, I still want to know ahead of time, what are your specifics? Take us out of the broad brush. Uh, the liberals are bad, conservatives are good. 
I get that, what you're saying. Uh, but give us specifics. What do you want to do? What specific policies are you going to bring with you into this particular office? And, and yes, let's look at your experience. Let's look at uh, his record. And so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, as I am with any candidate, Bob, uh, about Mr. Radonovich. Uh, I would like to hear from him. What are the specifics that he has in mind to make a change? What policies does he want to bring to the fore that would counter some very dysfunctional things that are going on in Sacramento as well as in Washington, D.C.? These are things we'll be watching for, Bob, and I thank you for that because we will be asking those questions and we'll, we will be searching for those answers. So again, uh, thank you very much for, uh, for that reminder. And that goes for any candidate. My friends, any candidate, and I, I think one of the one of the abuses of the campaign system is we allow candidates to make broad brush. St- and I'm not targeting Radonovich here. Please understand, I'm talking globally. We allow candidates to make broad brush claims and promises, but we don't ask for specifics many times. They tickle our ears with what they think they they think we want to hear. But then when they get in office, do they have a backbone? Do they stand up for what we want to happen? We're going to be watching for that, one of the values of this show. All right, uh, after the top of the hour news, weather and traffic, we'll be back with a Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we tackle the issues of the day and talk about them together. So much appreciate this live and local dynamic that you and I have together. So much look forward to this 3 to 5 p.m. spot Monday through Friday here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. One of the conversations we've had today was about the Postal Service stopping service in a Santa Monica neighborhood because uh, a 38-year-old down there was attacking postal carriers. Let's uh, go back to the phones, find out your comments about that. 209-551-3483. Pauline from Modesto, what do you think about what's happening in Santa Monica? Well, my thought about the person that is disrupting the delivery of the mail is that possibly he has a legal custodian that takes care of his, um, you know, many needs. That legal custodian should be held liable for this continuing problem. But anyway, I think possibly they have uh, skipped past the legal custodian for that person, because it, it doesn't sound like he can meet his his uh, daily needs, you know, by himself, like feeding and one thing and another. 
Yeah, it, but it does. It would be interesting to know if he does have a legal keeper. <laughs> yeah, that that would be interesting to know. And and there we get on this issue again of accountability, uh, Pauline, that we've been talking about today as well. Accountability <laughs> at many levels of our society. When that breaks down, when accountability breaks down, so does the enforcement of of the rule of law as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know. I don't know whether he is homeless, uh, whether he may be in a conservatorship. Uh, uh, interesting to know, but uh, Pauline, I, I do like your thought that if he is in a conservatorship, then those who are uh, his conservators, they should be held accountable as well. Pauline, uh, great call. Thank you uh, so much. Good good thinking, as all of you do. I so much appreciate your, your willingness to rationally, reasonably, intelligently, and, and respectfully discuss these issues. Thank you so much. Uh, let's, uh, let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483. Been talking about violence in our society. Kathleen, what are your thoughts about that today? Well, my thoughts are all work and no play is making the propensity towards violence and divorce and the cancel culture and all these end-of-life programs. Uh, The male body uses maneuvers and is very happy um, while doing maneuvers that it likes. And the female body uses tactics and is very happy. And I really miss growing up uh, seeing those pictures of uh, male males uh so happy so much happiness on their face because they were doing maneuvers and uh, just like sports maneuvers and even just running or catching the football they're just so happy they're just so elated and a lot of ways that was also that the happiness on the females uh face and uh that was coming out because the female was behind that that man's body do happiness doing the maneuvers and uh, you go to the grocery store, and everybody starts the same, the male body, the female body. Well, the male body is a lot happier doing the maneuvers of bagging and putting the groceries in the car than the female body. She's absolutely miserable. But at the same time, that male body can't be all that happy when he's doggone hungry. And so I see skinny men who are underfed, underserved uh, uh putting groceries in the car and there is no smile on their face and uh the women uh their backs are breaking and there's no smile on their face in that there's no joy and all of this all work and no play is is a propensity towards the violence and there's no excuse for the violence i understand that but there's this raw material out there that just doesn't uh know better doesn't know how to uh serve themselves happiness. Well, Kathleen, that's uh, that's an interesting theory. I I like that in in many ways because, Kathleen, you you hit at uh, some truths about uh, humanity in general, and and that is that we are not just uh, the cerebral, but we're also the physical. And not only do we need to be uh, receive nutrition properly, but we also need some sort of exercise. We we need it, and and men, I think you're right. Uh, we we like to do things. We not that women don't, but we like to work with our hands and be active. And I I think I think you make a good point that a sedentary lifestyle can uh, can lead to uh, some some dysfunction in our lives. So Kathleen, uh, some some good. Th- 
Good thinking there. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Well, we're going to talk to someone now who has no lack of activity, uh, either in his past life or currently. Uh, He is the founder and the CEO of American Veterans First in uh, Riverbank, California. And tomorrow we're going to have the the great privilege of being at his headquarters. And uh, we're going to meet him uh, tomorrow uh, personally, face-to-face, and you're invited to come as well. Duke Cooper, welcome to the show today. Thanks for taking your time to be with us today. Thank you, Mike. It's an honor to always talk with you. Duke, tell us what to expect tomorrow. You, I, you've got a museum there I'm looking forward to. What, what, what can you tell folks about what they can experience tomorrow as, as we're doing the show live with you tomorrow at, at your shop there? Thank you, Mike. Well, we're a 501c3 nonprofit uh, corporation, and uh, we uh, have a military museum. I've got you on speakerphone, Mike. Is that okay? Yeah, you sound pretty good. Go ahead. Yeah, we have a military museum there from uh, Civil War all the way through Afghanistan. Uh, Our latest memorial is, once again, California leads the nation in most veterans killed in action since 9-11. And that's uh, 780 men and women just since 9-11. We have every picture, every bio. Uh, We call that not forgotten. Uh, we'll also be uh, uh, packing uh, our uh, humanitarian uh, goods. We're leaving uh, very soon, and uh, all of our equipment that we're taking, our goods, uh, and people, they're, they're more than welcome to come there, see what we do. They can help us pack uh, uh, these totes and get us ready to go back to Ukraine with our humanitarian efforts. Duke, you guys are, are doing such a, a wonderful, wonderful work, and I, I want to emphasize, and I know you do this as well, this is not a, a mercenary effort here. This is a humanitarian effort, and the work uh, you're doing, and, and we're going to see Josh Whitfield tomorrow as well, is just absolutely fantastic. Go back for a minute, and, and let's talk about American veterans first. Uh, why, what, what led you to found this nonprofit and what, what's your main mission 365 days a year? Well, we, we were founded in uh, August of 2016, then incorporated in December. And then that following year, 2017, we received our 501c3. Actually, it was kind of an accident how this came about. I am a, a, a Marine. Uh, been out of the service a long time, but I still have that brotherhood and I, and I've always loved veterans. So we had a car show, and the first year we helped the church out in Knights Ferry. The second year, somebody came up and said, uh, well, what are you going to do with the money this year? And I said, great question. He says, well, you're a veteran. Do something to help veterans. That started the ball rolling. So I got a hold of uh, some good friend of mine's in Riverbank, the rear end shop. They had a building that was vacant on their property, and they gave us that building for four years rent-free. Our whole mantra as far as, as our drive and our mission statement is to help veterans and first responders heal one step at a time. You can come into our building. We'll help you with uh, VA benefits. We're in the process of setting up uh, a new uh, PTSD counseling session. 
we're feeding uh, uh, the uh, homeless. We're looking for veterans. And uh, we feed uh, about 60 meals twice a week. We have uh, two ladies, uh, Shirley Serrato and Linnell Solomon. They're our veterans outreach program, socks, underwear, hygiene products, feminine hygiene products. Uh, you can only imagine if you were on the street, we give them coats and, and pants and you name it. We just, uh, we get out there and uh, we, we give them what uh, they, we need. Uh, and that's the unique thing about American Veterans First. We have evolved into a group that I had no idea the heights that we would reach. And I want to emphasize that uh, I'm only one spoke. And it takes all the spokes to make that wheel turn. I'm humbled and honored uh, to work uh, with the volunteers, which in the last five and a half years, Mike, we have never, nobody's ever drawn a penny. We'll never draw money. We will always be volunteers to do this. We're talking with Duke Cooper. He is the founder and CEO of American Veterans First, and we'll be broadcasting live there tomorrow on Thursday from 3 to 5 p.m. The address, and and you mentioned that uh, there's a storefront you had there on Patterson. That's where I I first saw uh, your very colorful uh, sign and such, but the location, the new location we'll be at, and this is where we'll be broadcasting live tomorrow, is 6436 Oak Dale Road in Riverbank. If you're familiar with the intersection of Patterson and Oakdale, it's just north. Keep going on Oakdale, just north of the Union 76 station there. And I think it's what the next driveway or two, uh, Duke, that you can turn into. Uh, and very nice driveway. Yeah, okay. And so that's where we're going to be. You get to meet Duke, Josh Whitfield. And uh, if you're a veteran, we would love to have you come out and see us. Again, that's tomorrow between 3 and 5 p.m. And if if you're just interested in what they're doing and uh, perhaps uh, you can help with a donation, that would be wonderful. It, again, we'll be there from 3 to 5 p.m. tomorrow. You can also check out the museum. I'm looking forward to that, uh, Duke. Uh, can we hold you over for about three minutes? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, we'll be back with Duke Cooper in three minutes right here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas with you here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On the line with us is Duke Cooper, CEO and founder of American Veterans First. And we have the privilege of being able to broadcast live tomorrow on Thursday from 3 to 5 p.m. That's right. Mike Douglas Show will be broadcasting live from American Veterans First in Riverbank. That's at 6436 Oakdale Road, just north of the Union 76 station. Love to have you come out, talk to Duke, talk to Josh Whitfield, talk to other veterans, see the museum, and then find out how you can support the tremendous work that this charity, this uh, 
uh, nonprofit is uh, is doing. Duke, let's talk a bit now about your passion for what's happening in Ukraine. What led you to get yourself and so many other veterans involved in these humanitarian efforts in Ukraine? Well, all the credit has to go to Josh Whitfield. Uh, he's leading the teams that are going into Ukraine. This is our fourth hop that we're getting ready to make very soon. Uh, because of uh, operational security, I, I can't really tell you the dates that we're leaving, but uh, I can tell you it's very soon. Uh, we have uh, four teams uh, that consist of uh, about 20-plus people. Uh, some of the places I can tell you, Mike, that we've been was uh, we've been to uh, Kiev. We've been we've been in several cities. Uh, the Russians don't particularly like it, but I'll tell you what: the people uh, that we're helping, and, and the, the audience needs to understand that we're not uh, we're not mercenaries. We're not supporting the military or the Ukrainian government. We're supporting and helping the people of Ukraine. We're sneaking out hundreds of, of families. We sneak out of Ukraine into Poland. We have uh, uh, what we've taken in the past is Renaji Phoenix Elite Portable All-in-One Solar Battery. It's designed to operate off-grid. Body armor, helmets, hygiene products, especially female hygiene products, baby diapers and wipes, mass casualty kits, socks underwear, etc., reusable tourniquets, uh, Pepto-Bismol, things like that, non-perishable food. But Josh Whitfield really has the credit. He's leading this charge. I've been friends with Josh for a long time. He is a uh, Army uh, three-tour combat sniper. Uh, so his knowledge of what needs to be done there to avoid the Russian Army and to help these people is invaluable. Uh, I'm honored to work with our entire crew. Uh, you'll meet that entire crew tomorrow. Also, I got a special uh, person that's going to be there, and it's Alan Taylor. He's a 97-year-old World War II combat veteran. Uh, he, he's really excited about uh, you coming out there. As everybody is, they're always excited to hear the Mike Douglas show. So it's, uh, it's an honor for us. And uh, I'm working diligently with the whole team to make sure that Josh gets out of the United States, gets into Poland, and then we extract him out and make sure he gets home safe. So our mission is to make this world a better place to live. And if we save one life through all of our efforts, will it not have been worth it, Mike? Amen. Our our guest here is Duke Cooper, and uh, you can look forward to meeting Duke as well as Josh Whitfield. You can uh, hear Josh's firsthand account of uh, the weeks that he has spent in Ukraine, uh, what he saw, what he can tell us about what he saw, what they did, the tremendous humanitarian effort that's underway there. And uh, Duke, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting this 97-year-old World War II veteran, not too many left these days, and it will be an honor 
uh, to meet him tomorrow. And my friends, you can meet them as well. In fact, I encourage you to come out, meet all of us. And again, that's from 3 to 5 p.m. tomorrow. The Mike Douglas Show will be live from American Veterans First. It's at 6436 Oakdale Road in Riverbank. Uh, You go up uh, Oakdale Road, uh, uh, north of Patterson, past the Union 76 station there, and uh, turn into the next driveway, and you'll see all the flags. And uh, Duke, we're really looking forward to this. Let's talk very briefly. You've got about a, a minute left. Talk about what folks can do from our area to help you in your cause. Well, the biggest thing right now is uh, a financial donation because with our organization, we never try to acquire things that we just want. We always strive to acquire what we need. Very specific. Uh, people can bring things in, but, you know, it's, it's, it's easier for us that if we purchase the products that specifically needed, it just makes it uh, transporting it and everything else makes it so much easier. But I will have a special gift for you, Mike, when you come tomorrow. And anybody else that comes in, we will have a gift for them. We really appreciate uh, what my heart's doing. We could not do this without you. And I want you to know that I appreciate the partnership with iHeart. It's my go-to uh, talk radio station. Well, Duke, we so much appreciate that. I am big on collaboration. Uh, 20 years with Advancing Vibrant Communities, and we're all about collaboration. You are doing it so well. And so, uh, my friends, in a, in a few minutes, we'll tell you exactly how you can donate. I'll give you the website. Uh, Duke, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to meeting you in person tomorrow and uh, the rest of your wonderful crew as well. Thanks so much for offering us the gift of being able to be with you tomorrow, my friend. Uh, look forward to it. Mike, if I may. Sure. Uh, if you do want to donate, it's AmericanVeteransFirst.net. Absolutely. In fact, I'm looking at it right now, Duke. AmericanVeteransFirst.net. Great website. Encourage you uh, folks to take a look at it. Duke, look forward to seeing you tomorrow, my friend. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mike. All right, Duke Cooper, CEO and founder of American Veterans First, uh, the website AmericanVeteransFirst.net. And you can make a financial uh, contribution there, by the way. It's a wonderful uh, website. And uh, I, again, making a financial contribution is often much more helpful under these circumstances than goods because they know what they need to purchase. They know the the specs. They know exactly what's needed. And so I encourage you uh, to do that and to join us tomorrow. Again, that's uh, 3 to 5 p.m. tomorrow at AmericanVeteransFirst.net. I'll be back with you in five minutes with uh, some more to talk about here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And Mike Douglas back with you, your concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, a big announcement tomorrow. We'll be live doing a live broadcast from American Veterans First. 
in Riverbank, California. Just got through talking with Duke Cooper, the founder and CEO. You'll be able to join us there. We encourage you to come out and support this nonprofit and the charity that just doing fantastic work, not only here in our area, taking care of veterans here. You mentioned, uh, Duke mentioned even that they're doing some PTSD uh, resources for veterans. They, they help those who are homeless, but also the fantastic job that they're supporting in Ukraine, that effort led by our uh, political analyst and election specialist and guest host, Josh Whitfield, also a uh, uh, three-time tour of duty in the Middle East, uh, Army veteran Josh will be there, Duke Cooper will be there, and I'm also looking forward to meeting this 97-year-old World War II veteran. Just uh, a, an extraordinary opportunity for us to support more than a worthy effort. Uh, this is a really a life-and-death situation in Ukraine, and you and I have the opportunity to be part of the solution. Not always that way. We don't always have that opportunity, but uh, we do with American Veterans First. If you go to the website, and by the way, if you need more of this information in writing, I'll be happy to send it to you if you want to email me at mikeon1360 at gmail.com, mikeon1360 at gmail.com. In the interim, their website is AmericanVeteransFirst.net, all spelled out, AmericanVeteransFirst.net. And uh, when you go to their homepage, there are two hearts there. And uh, below the two hearts is a little donate button. And if you press that, it takes you right to the donation page. You can either donate with PayPal or with your debit or credit card. Again, uh, that's AmericanVeteransFirst.net. And uh, we very much, we rarely do this, but this is such an important and crucial effort to help veterans, not only here, but also to take veterans who are willing to keep serving and take them a world away into Ukraine on humanitarian efforts to help people with the resources they need to survive, and then to help especially women and children get out of that war zone. Just a tremendous effort. Again, we look forward uh, to that visit tomorrow. Hope you can drop by and uh, and visit with us again. Josh Whitfield will be there, uh, Duke Cooper, the CEO and founder, and of course, I'll be there as well. And we'll do the full two-hour show from there. Again, the address 6436 Oak Dale Road in Riverbank. That's tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I want to go back uh, just a, a footnote to an earlier uh, subject. Uh, one of our callers was Bob was uh, talking about uh, uh, George Radonovich. And uh, we've heard his uh, his commercials. He's running for uh, California State Senate District 4. This is the new 4th Senate District. And it includes, uh, let's see, it stretches from, oh, Placer County all the way down to uh, Madera and Mono County as well. It includes Stanislaus, by the way. 
uh, El Dorado, Tuolumne, Calaveras, Madera, Amador, Mariposa, Nevada, uh, Merced, Inyo, Placer, Mono, and Alpine counties. A lot of counties uh, right in our uh, radio footprint here. So it's a critical, critical election. Uh, again, George D- uh, Radonovich uh, is running for that 4th Senate District. Radonovich, of course, uh served us in the past as a congressman, and uh, we're going to watch very carefully to see what's happening there. By the way, if you'd uh, like to tune in to our friend Ed Parco in Real Estate Jerky on May 14 at 12 noon, he'll be interviewing George Radonovich. So there'll be a way for you to hear uh, George Radonovich personally and make your decision about uh, your vote coming up in uh, in the near future. Remember, elections coming up November 2022, the midterms as well as the big one coming up in November 2024. So uh, thank you so much for uh, for your comments and for keeping track of uh, many of these issues along with me. So much appreciate your input and uh, your calls as well. Want to uh, switch gears here just uh, just for a little bit. And uh, <laughs> talk about something that I saw, and it, and it fits into a lot of the the wokeism that we see going on today. And and we we need to we need to call these things what they are when we see them. It's baseball season, All right? Last week, April seven, the baseball season, Major League Baseball season, opened, and uh, there was a big hurrah in Boston at Fenway Park because the Boston Red Sox uh, are basically uh, touting the fact that games at Fenway Park are going to be carbon neutral. Uh, that's a first for Major League Baseball. And uh, Axios uh, came up with a story. I, I, I saw that and I investigated a little bit. And they, they say, well, sports venues like Fenway Park have large carbon footprints especially when you consider all the cars that are coming, all the people that are that are coming. So uh, they have an agreement, apparently, with a climate finance company called Aspiration. It's part of each ticket sale is going to be used to purchase carbon offsets. Carbon offsets. This is what I want to talk about. Do you know, do you understand what's happening here with these carbon credits? This is one of these things in 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 the the world of woke that I think we need to stop and take a look at and uh, investigate. Here's what happens with carbon credits. Basically, companies, even individuals, can cancel out, so to speak, the impact of some of their emissions, carbon emissions by investing in projects that other projects that reduce or store carbon. So it could be things like uh, forest preservation or tree planting, things like that. But carbon credits can also be awarded for projects that reduce fossil fuels in other ways, like wind farms, solar cookstoves, better farming methods. Well, I look at this with somewhat of a critical eye, and I think this is basically a distraction for us. As, uh, as the, the supporters 
say this is a good thing because it reduces your carbon carbon footprint. So how, if, if you are the owner of a Major League Baseball team, you have a big stadium, and you're worried about your carbon footprint, how would you do that? How would it be possible for you to reduce your carbon footprint when you have to turn on the lights at night, when you have to have air conditioning in some of the club rooms, when uh, you have to uh, have the uh, the uh, restrooms working, when you have to have water and such provided to the concession stands, when you've got all these people descending upon your parking lot, spewing, uh, spewing these pollutants into the air, according to those who are worried about carbon footprints. How, how do you reduce it? Well, you go to a company who deals as a broker in carbon credits. And what happens is you actually don't have to reduce your carbon footprint. What you do is you pay this broker to go find and fund other projects that are reducing the carbon footprint. So, for example, let's say the... uh, the wonderful tree company is planting lots of trees so that there will be uh, more oxygen in the air and it will reduce the carbon footprint. So Fenway Park, for example, or your Major League Baseball team, they would go to this broker and say, look, we will charge our attendees a little bit extra on their ticket price. Notice who's getting hit with this. (laughs) Yeah, it's the consumer. Notice who's paying the price. It's the consumer. And so we're going to add a little bit more to this ticket. And we're going to take that little bit more. And we're going to pay you, the carbon broker, to contact the tree company and give money to the, after taking a cut for yourself, obviously. And we're going to uh, have you pay the tree company to plant trees. So we don't actually reduce our carbon footprint at our baseball stadium, but we're going to pay you to pay the tree company to plant more trees. And therefore, we don't need to feel guilty anymore. We are in the clear. Friends, do you find anything wrong with that? Do you buy that? Do, do, do you? It's a, I think it's a scam. Now, I'm all for the environment. You understand that. We've talked about that. I believe God gave us creation to take care of and, and to be good stewards of. But I don't believe that God intended that we make the environment our God. No. And of course, yes, I'm reminded here, and global warming is the problem. Mm-hmm. Are you buying into this global, th- th- this this carbon credit? I think it's a scam, especially when, when you're taking money from your customers to give to a broker who's going to take their cut, and then the broker gives what's remaining to the tree company to plant trees to uh, to relieve any feelings of guilt that everybody attending the baseball game is creating carbon emissions. I don't buy it. Do you? 
We will continue the discussion here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV in three minutes. I'll be right back. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for joining us this afternoon here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, don't forget, tomorrow we're going to be broadcasting live from American Veterans First in uh, Riverbank, California. And uh, we're just looking forward to that so much. Again, if you're uh, interested in coming out, we would love for you to come out and visit with us between 3 and 5, 6436 uh, Oakdale Road in Riverbank. That's just uh, north of Patterson Road and uh, the Union 76 station there. You'll get to meet Josh Whitfield, who has been leading teams going to uh, Ukraine for humanitarian efforts, rescuing women and children there and and uh, ferrying them to safety, uh, uh, usually across the border in, in Poland. And, and we'll get to meet that 97-year-old World War II veteran as well. And you get to meet producer Mike Murray as well, the Jedi master of all producers. He'll be there as will our assistant producer, Brenda Lapome. So we'll have the whole Mike Douglas show team there. We would love to meet you again. That's tomorrow, Thursday between uh, three and five at 6436 Oakdale road. American veterans first is, uh, is the location and uh, we'll be honoring them and, and looking forward to how we can help donate to help them with their cause, not only locally, but in Ukraine as well. Saw this, uh, I talked to you so much about how do we deal with a lot of things that don't make sense. Uh, Remember the story of uh, Leah Thomas, the transgender person who used to be a used to be a girl, was born a guy, a male, and now wants to be a female, and is crushing uh, women's swimming records uh, with the University of Pennsylvania. And we've heard about all the angst about that women's swimmers are just saying this is ridiculous. We, we are swimming against a male with a male body, with male bone structure, and uh, we're, we're losing out. And the pushback I've often said is the people involved in these specific sports, I encourage them to stand up and say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to do this. If, uh, if a he wants to be a she or a she wants to be a he, that's fine. That's their private decision. But when it comes to competition in sports, no. Because the truth is there are differences between biological males and biological females. There are. That's a universal truth. We've known that for millennia. That's the way God set up his economy for us. And so when I saw this particular news item, I was very encouraged. Union Cyclist International, UCI, and the British Cycling uh, organizations 
have ruled that someone named Emily Bridges, who is dysphoric, they say, Emily Bridges was born Zach Bridges. In other words, Emily was born a male. And they're saying that uh, Zach, who now wants to be Emily, did not meet the criteria to compete in the National Omnium Championships for women. Applause. Applause to Union Cyclist International and British Cycling for standing up for what's just and right and true. Now, this Emily Bridges, born Zach Bridges, uh, had been coordinating with uh, UCI, the Union Cyclist International, to make sure that he was in compliance, and they finally said, nope, not going to do it. Why do you think at the last minute they said, nope, sorry, you can't compete? Was it due uh, due to a sudden crisis of conscience? Nope. According to the report, this was due to a mass protest by the female competitors who threatened to boycott the competition if Bridges were allowed to compete. Amen. I love it. Yes. I don't care if Emily Bridges wants to compete with men. Emily has a male body that functions differently, has different body mass and such than females do. Let Emily put on her makeup and whatever and compete with the men because Emily has a male body. Emily, don't compete with the women because you have an unfair advantage. I love it that people are starting to stand up. These competitors, these women are saying, nope, nope, nope not going to do that, and we're going to walk out. We're not going to be there. We're going to boycott the competition if you allow Emily to comport, uh, to compete as a female. Now, Emily, of course, not happy with all of this. Emily writes, I am in contact with the British, British Cycling and UCLI, uh, UCI people requesting clarity around my alleged ineligibility, I hope they will reconsider their decision in line with the regulations. Uh, we're, we don't need clarity, Emily, Zach. We got it. Males are males. Females are females. What you do in your private life is up to you. What you do in terms of competing against women, that's our business. That's our business, and it's the business of the women that you are intending to compete against. His ineligibility is that he's a man, in spite of him thinking that he's a woman. And uh, his feeling that he's being slighted, I think, is unreasonable. He's not a woman, and the fact that he's insisting on being one, fine. That's his decision. But he's participating in women's sports competition. That's a whole different thing. All right, look forward to seeing you tomorrow at American Veterans First in Riverbank, 3 to 5 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Please drop by between 3 and 5 p.m. Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.